Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay. What a wild, wild weekend in the NFL starting on Tuesday for the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, As my one friend who I will not name names described it, that drug took too many edibles. Uh, And that's how the Ballhawks podcast is going to kick off this episode of our post-NFL draft reactions uh, I'm joined here with Chris. I know you're excited about what the Seahawks did. I'm excited about what the Ravens did. Um, Carter also had his first lacrosse game I saw. That was pretty cool. <laughs> he sure did. And I just want to say, like, I've been posting it all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Anyone that wants to hear it, I will say it. I am so, so, so proud of my son. Um you know, unfortunately, being the coach's kid, uh, you have a tendency to to draw the the short straw <laughs> on many occasions, and uh, this weekend was was no exception. A <laughs> uh, bunch of you know four, five, and six year olds playing their first ever lacrosse game, and we need a goalie. And we need someone to put on the goalie pads and, and go stand in between the pipes. And of course, you know, asking the parents like, Hey, like whose kid wants to play goalie? Hey, who's interested in, in playing goalie? Like, and just ghost silence. <laughs> we, like um, my, my team manager sent out a message. I think it was Friday night being like, Hey, like we're, we're hoping that one of the kids who, isn't coming to the tournament next weekend can step up and play goalie this weekend um to keep it try to keep it fair for everyone again nothing um you know one parent's like oh i heard this child was interested in playing and and the mom being like oh well like he is interested but not not the first game like maybe later down the down the road Okay, so anyways, we get to the arena on Saturday, and like I'd asked Carter early in, uh, earlier in the week, being like, "Hey, buddy, like, will you play goalie on Saturday?" He goes, "No, Dad." <laughs> Crap! And I'm like, "Really, buddy? Like, can you please just like try it?" He goes, "No." <laughs> okay, cool. No, cool. No, Dad. Cool. I don't want this to. weekend should be interesting. So we get to the arena on Saturday. Kids are in the dressing room. All the other kids are already in their pads. I walk in and like nobody even says like, hey, my kid wants to play goalie or hey, who's playing goalie today? Or can my kid step up and help? Nothing. Again, ghost silence as we walk into the dressing room. And I'm just like, I look at Carter, I look at everyone else in the dressing room in their player gear already. And I go, hey, buddy, 
I'm like, can you please pay, play goalie for dad today? He goes, okay. <laughs> like, really? I'm like, are you sure, bud? He goes, yeah, I'll do it. I'm like, oh my God. Like, like captain, I, I know you're only four, but like captain material already. Yeah. And I, and so I'm putting the goalie gear on him and I whisper in, here, in his ear and I go, hey, buddy, I owe you ice cream. And I just want to say, Carter killed it. He did nice. so good. Like, nice. <laughs> I was taking a couple uh, warm-up shots on him before the game, and I, I want to add for the for the mini tikes for the for this age group, they use like a um, the, the ball is squishy, not like not super squishy, but it's not as hard as a, a normal lacrosse ball. Yeah. So I'm throwing that that at Carter a couple times. I hit him in the leg pad. I hit him in in the chest pad or whatever. And then back-to-back shots, I hit him right in the throat guard. <laughs> and my dad, who was one of my assistant coaches, starts just laying into, hey, like, take it easy. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and Carter, I'm like, Carter, are you okay? He goes, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it was super fun. I, I'm super proud of Carter for stepping up and and playing goalie. Um, I'm super proud of all, all the kids. The, the, the kids did great. Um, of course, like 10 minutes into the game, I want to say Carter goes, dad, I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) These already. (laughs) I asked him before I put the pads on, I'm like, buddy, can you go pee before I, before we put these on? He goes, no, I don't have to. (laughs) And then yeah, 10 minutes in dad, I have to go to the bathroom. And like, if, if he was in his player gear, like, yeah, no problem. Let's go. Let's go. Like pull your shorts down and go to the bathroom type of thing. He's in the goalie gear, so we literally have to take everything off. Leg pads, pants, the chest protector. Like, everything has to come off in order for him to be able to, to just to go pee. And, uh, but yeah, he, he did super great. He made one, like, huge save on a kid where, like, he actually, like, moved his body rather than the kid just hitting him with the ball. He moved and got nice. in the way and, and actually made a save. Um, and it was super cool because all of the parents in the arena started cheering for him. Nice. Uh, and he like gave him like a huge, huge cheer. Um, w- You're which... like, yeah, yeah. Don't try and rope my kid into this by cheering loudly for him. Okay? Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> up. I mean, I, I probably like, made a mistake giving him ice cream for playing goalie too. He's like, oh, I haven't played goalie. I'm going to get ice cream. Uh... <laughs> right before the it... game. By the way, that was a one-time offer. You're not getting ice cream. <laughs> yeah. It's okay because eventually genetics are going to catch up to him and he's not going to be big enough to play goalie anyways. So I'm not too worried about it. That's funny. I feel like fun fact, actually, um, when I was a kid, because you don't really find a designated goalie until you reach like, I want to say 11, maybe 12, like is when kids start like being like, yeah, I want to be a goalie. So anyways, um, my first ever game MVP that I got when I was a kid uh, at a tournament um, was when I was, I want to say, again, 10 or 11, probably. And it was playing goalie. Nice. My first ever game MVP award was being, and we got absolutely trounced that game. I think we lost like 14 to two. That's why you um, got it. <laughs> but no, but even even with that, I still made the, the 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 other team's parents were like counting how many shots their kids got. And I think even though I let in 14 goals, I still made something like 50 saves or something outrageous. Like 
So that's that that's that's why I got it. The old pick me Actually, up MVP. Yeah, the the only game that tournament that I didn't play in goal, I played in goal for most of that tournament. And the only game I didn't play goalie was the game that my grandpa was coming to. I was like, oh no, I'm not gonna play goalie when grandpa's there, and I and then I got kicked out instead. <laughs> As a ten year old, grandpa was not impressed. Some things <laughs> never change. Some things never change. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's <laughs> um, so funny. How was your weekend, dude? Uh, I, I, I know, uh, you know, bit of a, bit of a bug running through the Fisher household. Yeah. You know, I, I did test myself, you know, a few hours ago, I did not test positive. So that's a good news. It's just a little cold or whatever the hell it is. Um, but we, uh, we went up yesterday to check some trail cams. I, I got a set of trail cams for Christmas this past Christmas. So we've been putting them up. Um, and I, I know I shared some of them with you and the, the first round I got 39 videos of a moose, which was pretty damn cool. I was happy to get anything other than like a squirrel running up a tree or something. Yeah. I, um, I couldn't believe I saw Mark Messier on your trail cam. Yeah. <laughs> the moose is loose. <laughs> Yeah, so I left it there. We went and checked that out again. Um, some more really, I'll share them with you as well. Some more really cool videos, just really up close and like weird actions from Moose. So I just find it fascinating getting to see. Like if I could sit in, like you can't shoot them right now, obviously. But if I could just sit for a whole day and watch a Moose, knowing I couldn't kill it and and, and harvest it, I would still take that chance every time to just just sit and watch. So I have a question for you with those trail cams. Like you, you, you go and you set them up. Like, how do you know someone's not going to steal your trail cam? You don't. Okay. You just have to, I mean, you don't put them like with a flag and spray paint, like, Hey everybody, here's my trail cam. And <laughs> right. You know, they kind of blend in as well. So you hope if somebody comes across, like we've, I've come across so many trail cams and, you give them a little wave or whatever, and then you just move on kind of idea. Um, I've heard of people taking them as well. And it's just one of those things that you risk for it, but it, it was cool. We uh, more, more moose pictures. And we actually found, um, I don't know how much you've trailed into the back country, but we knew there was a, a way to get from, uh, the start of bear Creek all the way to the, the backside of Glen Rosa. And we, we found the way, like we just kept driving and we had our little eye hunter maps and we, we found the road and it was really cool. Cause now we'll just drive the other way to get to a couple different spots. So a successful weekend. Um, but let's get into a little football here. Um, I guess let's, let, let's just start this off with your general reaction to the Seahawks draft. I know every single time draft happens, there's these instant grades. Did they get an A? Did they get an A minus, a B, whatever? Um, I know you're happy about it, but if you had to give it a grade, what would you, what would you give it? And what's kind of like your overall just reaction to it? Yeah, I'm not a grade guy, so don't ask me to grade it because I won't because I'm not like like I just want to be like A plus. Like I, I have no idea. Um and and you know that. Like I, I don't really know how those draft draft grades really work. Um Seahawks Canada, which by the way, everyone, go follow at Seahawks Canada on Twitter. It's the official home of Seahawks content made for the 12 North. 
So go check them out over on Twitter. Um, it's a new venture for the Seahawks. They're, of course, trying to, you know, expand their, I guess, international identity, which is kind of, like, it's kind of funny to think about. Like, we're neighbors, but yeah, we are technically international uh, fans. Um, and, and they tweeted out, what do you think 12 North? Let's hear your responses in the comments. And it was, describe the Seahawks 2022 draft in one word. And I replied back to saying satisfied. Nice. I loved the mentality. Thank you. Say thank you to my wife. Um, <laughs> I, I loved, and I, I expressed this to you in, in private as well, Steve. I loved the mentality this year. I loved how it was just mm-hmm. like, we have a guy that we want, or we have a couple guys that we want at this draft spot no trading back, no trading up. Let's just get our guy. Let's just stay here and get one of the guys that we want. Um, and, and I it's love such that. A, it's such a risky play at that, right? Like it's it, just something we haven't seen from the Seahawks in right. years. It's like a, right? a change up of strategy almost. Yeah. For years, it's been like, Oh, the Seahawks are going to trade back again. Like, I mean, <laughs> and, and you can say like, that's, you know, that's the luxury of the riches where it's like, Oh, we're, we're, we're going to trade back this year and we're going to trade out of the first round entirely. And, and we can wait to take a guy and we, eh, not that word, where it's like, now it's like we have holes to fill and we have to address those holes. Right. And, I think they did a great job. So like I said, I'm not going to give it a draft grade just because I don't understand those grades and how they work, but I am going to say I'm extremely satisfied with how this weekend went and they didn't take a quarterback. So a plus for that. (laughs) I I think a lot of people were confused by that. I think that was, I mean, that was one of the draft stories the whole weekend. One quarterback picked in the first round, none in the second round. Um, I, I knew the teams weren't as high, but you know, every year there seems to be like, Oh, this guy isn't as high on our board, but we're going to jump up and grab the quarterback we want. Right. And like even the first quarterback Pittsburgh was rumored all throughout the process. Maybe they're going to be trading up to go get Kenny Pickett. Maybe they're going to trade up. Maybe they're going to trade up stick and pick seemed to be the thing that worked for a lot of teams. I think because th- this was a draft that was so deep at so many other positions. Yeah. Other than quarterback that teams were like, we're not that worried about it because there's so many other positional needs that teams have that are available through this draft that let's just stay here. We'll eventually get our guy. Yeah. I also heard leading up to this, that on a normal year, the first round, um, on average, you will get 18 players that have a true first round grade on their name, meaning that at least, what, 14 teams will not get a first round talent if it went per the grades. This right. draft was rumored to have about 14, which was kind of funny because, yeah. I, I mean, those are true draft grades where it's like they're grading them compared to players of the past, like when I mean, we're going to talk about some of these players like um, Nicobe Dean, who fell to the third round in the Philadelphia Eagles. He had a first round grade on him. I don't know if he would have had a true first round grade to be one of those 14 players, but because the draft was so top weak, 
um, he would still be considered a first round pick without having that. So stick and pick seem to be a, a kind of a, a theme with a few teams leapfrogging. So before we get into that, then um, overall, what are your thoughts on the Ravens weekend? Yeah, um, I, I was pretty vocal on Twitter, you know, from Thursday all the way to Saturday. I absolutely loved this draft class. Um, it, it it says a lot when you have a draft class, when you, you know, have a Jonathan Ogden, Ray Lewis in the first round. I mean, that's going to go down in history. Or you get the draft class where it's, you know, Lamar Jackson, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Orlando Brown, Mark Andrews type people, you know, some loaded draft classes. But for this draft class, uh, the first six picks in particular, um, I was floored with. I was, <laughs> I mean, after the first round, I was like, okay, we're, we're winning the draft. We are one of the teams that are winning the draft, not just because we had two first round picks, but because uh, the quality of players that fell in and one was a need position. But then going into day two of the draft, I was like, oh my gosh, these are like, these are home run picks that we are hitting. And I, I guess as a, a fan of the draft, you always get used to somewhere between rounds one and four where your team picks a player and you're like, huh? You know, you get that surprise or or maybe you just didn't watch that player's college tape or Maybe you didn't, you just didn't see enough out of it. Um, at least halfway through the third day of the draft, I was like, let's go. I don't I don't even care what happens. Like, still have like four or five picks left. I don't care. We've won the draft, even if we forfeited our picks from here on out. So um, I thought it was super, super successful. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens' first four picks of Kyle Hamilton... Hamilton, Tyler Linderbaum, David Ojabo, and Travis Jones. Like that's an outrageous first four picks. Like now we just I mean, talked about first round talent. Every single one of those guys was a first round or is a first round talent in this draft. Travis Jones, he was a fringe first rounder, but a, a lot of mocks had him sliding into the top half or the the back half of the first round. David Ojabo, we know he's a first-round talent, tears his Achilles. Um, like, Ojabo is, I want to say, at least a top-20 talent, if not top-15 talent. I was going to say top-10, if not top-15, for yeah, sure. Like, like absolute stud that the Ravens... like. On, on, I, I was hoping Seattle would take him at yeah. either 40 or 40. Like, I understand that he's going to need you know, maybe half a year to a full year to. There's rumors he's going to be back in October. That's how nutty. Right? Like, like uh, if Seattle had taken him, like, I mean, I, I don't know much about boy. Um, you know, I, I'm not unhappy about that, that pick from what I've heard. A lot of people are like, Oh, like he's an old prospect. Cause he's 24 years old, which is okay. hilarious to read. Um, <laughs> But had they taken Ojabo instead of Maffei, I, I would have loved that pick. So uh, Boy Maffei was one of the guys that uh, I think I, I'll have to go back and look. I think I picked him in our last episode when we did the mock draft with the boys. I'd have to go back. No? 
or was he one? Uh, of, he was one of the guys me, that slid, right? I, I think I think that I, might have been one of the surprises, but yeah. But he, he was a first-round pick. His Lance Zerline had his NFL comp as Rashawn Gary of the uh, Green Bay Packers, who's tearing it up gotcha. right now. Um, yeah. I love him. Sorry, he didn't to interrupt you. Sorry, uh, he didn't go in our mark, mock draft. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's, he's a guy who's going to be a quality, not even just like a good starter. I think he's going to be a quality edge rusher. Um, he, he was one of the guys I wanted the Ravens to get in round two. Like, obviously they don't have the luxury when they're picking after the Seahawks. Uh, not that I'm unhappy with the job, but clearly I am. Um, but he was one of the guys when Seattle picked him, you know, when your team is coming up and the guys you want to, to fall there. So you have like a a wealth of riches. You're like, Oh, who are we going to pick? Are we going to pick boy Mafia? Are we going to pick, you know, Ojabo or George Pickens? Um, I, I I love seeing all those names start to slide and you're like, oh my gosh, like we might even be able to trade back a couple spots and still land one of these guys yeah. that I'm okay with. So I thought it was a home run pick for you guys. My understanding too is that like Seattle was apparently targeting Kyler Gordon. Oh yeah. There at 40 or 41. Yep. Um, and of course he went 39 to, I want to say Chicago. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It was Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Cause <laughs> I remember his mom talking about how she's not going to dye her air, her hair orange. Um, <laughs> That's so but, uh, literally the pick um, before, right? Yeah, it was, it was literally the the pick before. So yeah. obviously, you know, plans changed, and and Seattle, Seattle had a had an idea of what they wanted to do, and I mean that's the draft that's especially when you stick and pick like that's it, the draft and right you, you never it's know so, it's so unpredictable like i know a lot of ravens fans uh the big clamor right now is like oh my gosh we traded hollywood brown and we didn't pick up a single wide receiver until the udfas and then i'm thinking to myself like sure like i i understand the frustration but when you're stick when you want to stick and pick you have to be okay with certain guys getting taken or getting leapfrog. Like I know we were just talking about the second round. A lot of people thought for sure that John Mechie was going to be the Ravens second round pick until I think it was the Texans. I think that's where he landed. Um, whoever the team was, they, they jumped in front of the Ravens so, yeah. to pick him. And of course people are losing their minds and it's like, well then go up and get your guy. Like there, you either have to give up capital to ensure you get your guy or you stick and pick. And to me, if you don't have to give up capital and you get the, maybe it's not your guy, but it's a really damn good guy who, in my opinion, had top 10 or top 15 potential, um, barring the injury. I think I, I love that pick. I know, um, I think it was, let's just look at, uh, the, the lions, the lions, uh, leapfrogged in front of the Ravens who were picking at 14 um, and picked Jamison Williams, another Alabama wide receiver. Thoughts were that maybe they were going to pick wide receiver in the first round too. There was also thoughts that the Ravens were really high on Jordan Davis. Oh, look, Philly jumped in front of them to take Jordan Davis because he was rumored to them. So it's like you either pay the premium like other teams were willing to, or you let a different guy fall. And in this case, this draft, I'm so okay with stick and pick 
because the amount of guys left when you didn't go up to get your guy, if those were your guys, was unbelievable. Having having mm-hmm. your consolation, if you can call it a consolation prize, as Kyle Hamilton at 14th overall is absolutely nutty. Um, just before we move on here, Chris, uh, we should probably mention on our YouTube and Facebook pages, if you want to jump in the comments, uh, send in your comments, we'll be able to answer them. Not just about our teams, if you have a question about your teams or you want us to talk about our instant reactions to whatever team, um, jump in the comments. If you are on Twitter, uh, you can jump in the comments. We just won't be able to see them, unfortunately. Because, uh, maybe that's something we can uh, ask Elon Musk to fix now that he's bought Twitter. If he could make it somehow readily available that everyone's free speech on the Ballhawks podcast could come through via comments. It, it, it sounds expensive. <laughs> does does money really falter that guy? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, so, sounds like Elon will probably charge a you know, pretty penny for that. Well, I mean, we'll just tack it on with some of our sponsors. Perfect. Um, one other thing we should mention before we jump into some things. We're going to do favorite pick from our team, uh, most surprising pick. And then maybe biggest uh, draft story surprise from your team, and then the one that got away. Um, we should mention that the NFL draft had a record for the most players selected from a school, uh, with the Georgia Bulldogs taking uh, wow. sending fifteen players into the NFL um, in a seven round draft. The last one was Darian Kendrick to the LA Rams, so that's a pretty cool accomplishment for them. A program that hadn't won a national title, um, a program that I hate to say it because they beat uh, Alabama for that, but um, just an absolutely stacked team that deserved every one of those guys getting drafted. So congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs program for that. Super stacked. and like, Stacked like pancakes. You know, it's even like zero Texas Longhorns got drafted. I saw that year. as well. It wild? just sounds wrong, doesn't it? It just seems right. Like you hear the Longhorns, like, well, there's there's got to be someone. Like, All these like Division two, Division three schools sending a couple players here and there, and you're like, but the Longhorns didn't have just one guy that was good enough to to wasn't, make it. Wasn't Dicker the kicker from Texas? Was he? I, I don't I, know. Ryan, we we well, should ask Ryan. Yeah, we should ask Ryan. Ryan yeah, Ryan would know that. His answer, Dicker but, the kicker. Um, yeah, how was nobody from Texas drafted? That, that would be like saying nobody from the uni- University of Miami was drafted. Like, right. Like or just, like you, a you USC linebacker didn't get drafted. Right? Yeah, like <laughs> USC or like it's just one of those big time schools. Yeah. Super bizarre. Okay, Chris, let's get into it. Um, your favorite pick out of all of your pick. Um and again, I, I was really impressed with the Seahawks draft. I know weirdly or oddly, there was a lot of people who kind of crapped on their draft strategy. Um, like the Ravens, I actually liked your first seven picks that your team made. Um, who who do you have as your favorite pick? Um, I mean, Charles Cross is cool and all, but like... <laughs> Nobody, nobody it's so easy to pick the franchise left tackle. Well, 
I, I said to a few people, like, nobody gets excited about the offensive line pick. Like, it, it, it's not the sexy pick that you... Yeah, but it's not the sexy pick that you... Like, oh, I find it so edge, sexy. But it's not the edge rusher. Or the, I like, know. The, 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 the stud cornerback. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What I say as far as, like, sexy picks go. Um, my favorite pick, though, is Kobe Bryant. Cornerback nice. from Cincinnati. Nice. Um, 6'1", 193. Runs a 4'5", 440. But my favorite thing about Kobe Bryant is he is a polished DB. He is ready to start tomorrow because he faced so much competition at Cincinnati because Sauce Gardner was shutting everyone else down. <laughs> he just didn't throw the- on Sauce's side. Exactly, right? You didn't throw on Sauce. You had no other option but to throw at Kobe Bryant. Um, so, yeah, th- that is easily my favorite pick. Just to get, to get him at the start of the fourth round, I, I think that's great value. I know that's kind of right around where t- where he was projected to go was kind of the third or fourth round. Um, but, yeah, he is easily my, my, my favorite pick. Like you and I were talking about the other day, I'm like, I wonder if he goes with number eight or number 24, but I feel like number 24 is still kind of off limit. So I feel like he'll probably go with number eight uh, to honor his namesake, of course. Um, but yeah, just just a, a, a guy that you find in the fourth round that's probably ready to start tomorrow and it is already a, a, a polished professional cornerback um, it is super impressive. Yeah, man, that and, uh, Cincinnati Bearcats defense was for real. Like you said, they they weren't gonna throw balls towards Sauce's side because why would you? Right. Um, so he he's like battle tested, right? Where it's just an immediate day one plug and play starter, most likely. Anyways, I mean, he's gonna have to go through camp and and you know earn his his yeah, role. battle with Trey Brown and Sidney Jones and whatever. And like, hmm. I, I I I would like to give an honorable mention to Tariq Woolen as well another DB that they picked in the fifth round 6-4 runs runs like a 4-2-6-40 or something ridiculous like that like former wide receiver um you know just like very very similar comps to Richard Sherman yeah Sherman's a former wide receiver Sherman's you know I, I, I don't remember how tall Sherman is off the top of my head but like just very similar, four. like six three six four. Yeah, like you know, a, a, a attack the ball, like go get it, tape tape guy. Um, the only thing with Woolen is, you know, he apparently struggles with tackles. Um, so you know, he might take a little bit more time to to you know translate his game into the into the professional uh, model. But yeah, I I'm so happy with the Kobe Bryant pick. I know a lot of Ravens fans were somewhat displeased when he got picked the pick before they uh, made their selection in the fourth round, but it, it worked out for them getting the behemoth, the 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 sun blocker himself because he's such a monster, Daniel Falele. Um, but I know that was probably I they so they they picked Falele and then a few picks later they picked uh Jalen Armour Davis out of Alabama. I I know they were looking corner there. That might have been their corner that they were eyeing up the whole time. It might not have. Only Eric DaCosta in the war room would know, but there's a there's a solid chance he was going to the Ravens the very next pick. So um I love that pick. 
We we uh, you could have used Falele in the Phillips uh, front yard. Afternoon. <laughs> uh, both my kids and my wife are, are a little pink today. I don't know how I escaped it, but my wife and my kids are, are a little bit sunburnt today, and somehow the pastiest guy in the household um, <laughs> escaped all of the sunburns. Good for you. Um, my favorite pick. This when you sent this to me, I. I don't really want to pick because I have so many favorites. Like I, like I said, the first at least six picks I absolutely love. Um, I love the fact that, like I said, the best safety in the draft, maybe one of the top five players in the draft dropped to them at 14. We know the Ravens value safety. Um, really hard not to pick that also really hard not to pick Tyler Linderbaum, who is an immediate plug-and-play starter at a position of need. Um, but the one I'm going to pick is maybe the unsexy pick, like you call it. Um, D-tackle Travis Jones out of Connecticut. Yeah. Um, he he was a guy that um, I, again, had first-round gradings on, thought he could slide into the back end of one. Um, he lasted until pick 76, so what value? Six foot four, three hundred and twenty-five pounds, and he ran a four nine two. Like how these guys are doing this, I'll never know. And so the big thing, why I like this one so much, is there was so much talk about Jordan Davis being the pick at fourteen. So when you miss out on him, you say to yourself, "Okay, well we'll get somebody later on. Maybe we're not as high on." I would say that's a damn good consolation prize if you pick up that guy as your three technique. Um, he definitely is a nose tackle. We have a need there. We did get Michael Pierce back, uh, but Brandon Williams wouldn't be coming back, so he's probably going to be competing for that starting nose. Um, I, I I love the pick. I, I just love value picks. Anytime there's value, um, I absolutely love it. Uh, that was... <laughs> My Especially pick. for Jones to fall into the third round. Like yeah. you you said you gave him a first round grade, but like at worst, I would have thought he would have been a second round pick. Yeah, one for of those classic first to... 10 picks in the second, you know, second day after all the hype is there. They're like, wow, there's still a lot of quality players here. Like we got a top 10 pick right now. He's sitting right there for the taking. Yeah. Like yeah. One, one of those guys that maybe someone trades up to go and get right yeah so to get um, him in that early third round was super impressive totally uh, I, th- I think because the second round was friday second round yeah. was friday yep yeah second so and third round. I, I would set um lacrosse when that happened yeah second like, and third crap, round was travis jones fell to the third round like like i i, I couldn't really express my thoughts because i was on the bench when we were talking but <laughs> I, I I couldn't believe it, and and then like I kept texting you guys like, "Where's Malik Willis going?" Yeah, the third round, coincidentally. Yeah, wild. Um, like, okay, everyone me- talks about the Aaron Rodgers fall, and you know Aaron Rodgers is it fall is the reason why guys don't go to the draft anymore and don't sit in the green room. Well, I mean Malik Willis going to the fall falling all all the way to the third round while sitting in the green room is. Not a good look for the NFL. Wow. I mean, and 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 I'm not going to say like not a good look for the. Oh, 
I, I did just say not a good luck for the NFL. <laughs> you did um, just say it, bud. Yeah, I did just say it. But it's 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 one of those like things where it's just like this is why guys don't want to come into the draft. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. He like the the media pumped him up so much. Oh, this guy's gonna be a first round pick. This guy's gonna be a first round pick. So the NFL invited him to the draft, and he sat in the green room till pick what was it 86 or something like that like yeah it was something like that it's uh, crazy crazy to me that, that that's why you're seeing more and more guys stay home yeah because then at least they can just be disappointed in front of their family right <laughs> not in well, front of the and, world and, to gawk and, at and, and at least experience it with their family rather yeah. than being like okay you get to come to the draft and sit in the green room but you only get like six people to come with you or yeah. whatever it may be right yeah totally uh okay chris let's jump to a fun one the most surprising pick for you (laughs) i mean this one's easy um it's kenneth walker the third yeah uh running back michigan state seattle picked him at number 41 overall so uh early second round pick um personally i love the pick seeing everyone on twitter being like seahawks getting f for taking Kenneth Walker in the second round. Like clearly there's something going on with Chris Carson that we all don't know. Um, Rashad Penny has struggled with staying healthy as well. His entire career. And he's uh, only on a one year contract. So and if he's he blows on, up, you exactly, have to pay him. Exactly. Like I think um, I, I actually think every single running back in Seattle right now, other than Kenneth Walker is on a one year deal. Carson's got one year left. Penny's got one year left. I think Homer and DJ are both on the last year of their rookie deal. I I would have to look that up to be a hundred percent certain on that. But like you're, you're in a position where you have two running backs who are starting quality running backs that can't stay healthy on the last on, on one year deals. Um, You have two guys that, I mean, Homer and DJ, Dallas haven't really proven they can be the starter either. Um, so while it may be surprising to most, and it was to me too when they when they took him, I was like, really? A running back in the second <laughs> round? Like, what the hell are you guys doing? Um, it, it 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 does make sense. It it, it was the right choice. Uh, but in the moment, you're like, what the what? I, I feel like too many people, when there's a surprise pick, they instantly think it has to be a negative or, or a bad thing. Like, you can be shocked, and you can even think, like, oh, that's the wrong pick, and then you can kind of come around with those kinds of things. It's actually why I try to stay off of social media um, during the draft, because it's like something happens like that where you're like, what the hell are you doing? And then the more you think of it, you're like, Oh, I know exactly what they're doing. And guess what? It's not a bad pick. It's not like they picked a running back who had like a seventh round UDFA grade on him. Like this is no. widely regarded as the second or first running back to come off of people's draft boards. So like if that he was finished, your guide, get him. He finished third in Heisman voting. Like, yeah, it, he's, it's he's a, not a schlub. Yeah. He's not a schlub. Like, and, and I mean, it, it, it's like the Russell Wilson trade, right? Like, and initially it's shock. Like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. But then you have a, like, you know, a few hours to sit down and think about it. And like, 
really like work it out and you're like well no like from a business standpoint like that really does make sense why they would trade that player why they would draft that player um speaking of russell wilson i i i I do get um a little bit of joy out of the fact i i believe it was late last season where russell wilson like kenneth walker had like a a outrageous like long touchdown run and russell wilson was like like let's go kenneth walker and like some of like like bring them to seattle or something like that so so i i do get joy out of that um that russell wilson's not getting kenneth walker in his backfield um but yeah i i like i said i i was shocked and my, my dad's like what the hell are they doing taking a running back in the second round and i'm like <laughs> Obviously, there's more to do with Car- Chris Carson's neck injury than we all know about. Yeah, I honestly seen that. Um, I said it to multiple multiple people. I might have said it to you as well, Steve. Um, Carson is obviously done, in yeah. my opinion. If if they're take, taking the guy in the second round, um, so yeah, I I love it. He's one of those every down back kind of guys, so let's I also let, let, let's bring it on ask a bunch of people what they think about the Ravens having JK Dobbins on their team right now and see what the reaction is like when they the Ravens picked JK Dobbins in the second round they had a lot more pressing needs and everyone was like a running back like same thing they had uh Mark Ingram who just had a resurgent year on his career he was a pro bowler they had Gus Edwards, um, you know, averaging his 5.96 yards a carry. Um, they had a young guy in Justice Hill, and then they go and take a, a second round running back. Well, guess what? That's your lead back now. That's like one of your featured weapons that you're going to use. And like the more that time passes and the more Kenneth Walker gets on the field and shows what he can do as like a weapon, people are going to be like, oh, okay, like this this was actually a good pick. Like, and let's say Rashad Penny, for example, let's say Rashad Penny puts together an entire season like he did for the last, what was it? Four or five games of the season last year. Well, now he's priced himself out of the market. In right. Seattle, right. Right. Like, so it, it's one of those things where you're kind of like hedging your bets that, that the guy you have is going to have a really good season. But he's going to price himself out. So let's worry about the future. Yeah. And and take this guy. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kenneth Walker take, you know, a, a air quote red shirt season in, in the NFL. I, I would find that if Chris Carson is really done, I would find that I would. Yeah, that would shock me just with how much volume the Seahawks uh, run the ball at especially having drew lock there like you're gonna want to rely on a strong running game and you guys just solidified the o-line like it's, it's sounding like pete, old school football man pete loves to loves to red shirt guys he it, it, he he can't escape that college mentality where he just loves to red shirt guys because like sure okay like Carson can't play. Well, we still have Rashad Penny. We still have Travis Homers. We still have DJ Dallas. We have Josh Johnson. Like we have other guys that like we'll we'll let these guys play while Kenneth Walker learns the system. Oh man, when you see what Kenneth Walker can do on a football field, it's going to be. 
I mean, we know it can happen to the Urban Myers of the world who keep the James Robinsons <laughs> on the bench just because, I don't know, maybe he disagreed with him once and, you know, James Robinson just didn't put up with his crap. Uh, but when you see what Kenneth Walker can do on a football field, that explosive, that home run hitter, um, I think it's going to be hard for Pete Carroll to keep him off the football field. Either way, I, I can't wait to see the camp battles. Totally. Super excited for it. Um, my surprising pick shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. Anytime you take a kicker or a punter in the fourth round, I, that's going to be one of those what in the hell are you doing moments. Now, the big controversy here filtering through Raven's Twitter was that they didn't pick what was the guy called the punting god or something like that, Matt Yeah, the, 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 the punt god, I think. It's, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Because he can Matareza. kick. Yeah, he can kick really far. Like, great. That's cool. awesome. It came out later that uh, the guy the Ravens picked, Jordan Stoda of Penn State, uh, he was actually higher on almost everyone's draft boards because he is a ready now punter. Um, the NFL's kind of changed in a way where you don't need a punter that can just kick really far. You need a punter that can have a lot of hang time so you can pin opponents uh, and kind of neutralize those big return games. And that's what Jordan Stout does. Um, these punters, man, they are like, they're not your old school punters. Um, I remember watching the combine and the punters were running and I was like, what the hell are they like? Why are they running the punters out? And Jordan Stout goes out and runs a four six five, and I was like, "Whoa! Like, dude can run! Like, he can run!" And when you, I started watching some of his college tapes because why wouldn't I do that? Um, he, I want to watch the punter tape. I know he made some coverage tackles by getting there before his teammates did. Now his teammates would have gotten like those first line of blocks and stuff like that. But the fact that like your punter punts it and then sprints down and makes the tackle is is a testament to um, and, and, his and athleticism. And with that type of, type of speed, it opens up fakes, right? Right, which we know the Ravens love to do. Uh, my heart just hurts. Sam Cook has been on this team for like, I think he's played 200 and... Oh no, he sat one game out because of COVID, but he play, he's played like 256 games for the Ravens. Dude, um, I... I, I get it. I, I have I watched a lot of Sam Cook tapes. You can ask our buddy Ted about this. Him and I have had some weird punter talks. Sam <laughs> Cook has something weird like most kickers in the NFL have like they've got a spiral kick that kicks the ball really far, probably like the Matareza kind of thing. And then they've got a, a kind of like an end over one that kind of stops it from going into the end zone. Uh, I was watching this thing and Sam Cook has something ridiculous, like 17 to 20 different types of punts where it like it comes off of his leg differently, where the spin will go the other way or it like it'll curl. I don't know. He went through it all and I was like, oh, my God, this guy is like he is an absolute technician at his craft. And if you draft a punter in the fourth round, Sam Cook will not be on the team next year. It's a cap casualty thing. Um, if he still wants to play, maybe this is a thing where they knew he was going to retire or maybe they don't. Um, I just hope this kid can learn a little bit from Sam cook before taking over. Cause those are big, big shoes to fill. Um, perfect passer rating, Sam. 
He <laughs> on all of his fakes, he has never missed a pass in the NFL. I think he's like eight for eight or something like that. Um, I, I I understand your feelings because when Seattle drafted uh, Michael Dixon, same thing. I I want to say it was like a fifth round pick, and like Michael Dixon can boom the ball eighty yards and blah 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 blah, and it's just like you know the writing is on the wall. Like yeah. they're going to bring both guys into camp and they're going to compete for a spot and yada, yada. But it's just like John Ryan was the incumbent. And in, in, I mean, John Ryan is an absolute hero in Seattle for that, um, you know, fake field goal touchdown pass in the NFC championship game. Uh, I mean, he's a Canadian hero. Uh, he once practiced, um, lacrosse with the university of washington (laughs) lacrosse team so of course immediately finds a spot in my heart for that um so yeah so i i I get it when like you see the incumbent the the old guy just kind of being like you know quietly but not so quietly being replaced right yeah it's tough and i mean the other thing is like ted and i talked about this um when they picked him because Cleveland actually picked a kicker right before that. And he's like, Oh, please tell me it's that Cade guy. And I was like, are you actually happy about a punt or a kicker in the fourth round? And he's like, (laughs) yeah, because if that's your guy and you're hearing that other teams are going to take that position value, like it kind of drives the board up. And like my argument obviously was, yeah, but you know, in the fifth round, there was guys like Darian Kennard that went to, um, I think it was Kansas City. Um, you guys got Tariq Woolen, who I was really high on. Um, There's another corner that went to the Bucks, Zion McCollum. Uh, there was just so many other quality position players that, you know, my, my argument was like, why didn't you wait? And then he was like, but if other teams are thinking the same way, then you lose out on your guy. So at pick 124... Uh, the Browns picked a kicker, Cade York from LSU. And Ted was, he was amped for it. He was like, well, we need a kicker. Everyone else in that division has it. 130, the Ravens take Jordan Stout. Uh, 133, the Bucks pick uh, Jake Camara- Camarda, another punter out of Georgia. Um, I think there was a few, there might've been some more in the fifth round, but I was like, Oh, look at that. Like there's actually a run on kickers and punters. So not only did the, the, the NFL draft take way too many edibles on day one with all those wide receiver (laughs) trades, but then it came back in the fourth round and it was like, yeah, it's really a punter and kicker year this year, boys. Like we're going to start taking them. Do you think the NFL draft um, operates on the same rules as fantasy football? First guy to take a kicker has to take a shot. I would assume so, right? Like, right? You know, the dog pound is in there getting just gooned out of their minds. Yeah. Shot a fireball for the first guy that takes a kicker. That would be whatever. so funny if, like, you're watching like the NFL network feed and it shows like their draft room and everybody's like <laughs> down in a shot and they're like, yes, it really happens. Let's go. I mean, after I, I, I called Derek Stingley Jr. to the Texans, I mean, clearly they're listening to the show. So next year, guys, f- first uh, first team to take uh, kicker, GM's got to do a shot. On live television in front of the... Live television. 
Um, it's gonna be Sh- Sean McVay and Les Snead. They're like, let, let, let. f them picks. Let's, yeah. let's take a uh, kicker. Uh, <laughs> give me your biggest surprise storyline from the Seahawks uh, draft weekend. What is it? Not taking a linebacker. Right. Um, that that's the easiest um, you know, narrative that that I can choose. After releasing Bobby Wagner, seeing him go to LA, like I thought it was a you know, like absolute certainty that Seattle would have taken an off ball linebacker this year. Um didn't happen. I really wanted Darian Beavers from, from Cincinnati. Um that didn't happen. So I I mean, you know, next year is, you know, I I, I keep seeing like Next year is going to be the quarterback year. Well, next year obviously is going to be the off-ball linebacker year as well. Seeing as Seattle does have four picks in the uh, first two rounds, um, but yeah, that that was without question the biggest surprise for me. And especially when someone like Nicobe Dean falls to the Eagles in the third round. I know there was like medical things that came up during the draft, but you're like the guy can play like look at him like that is like the epitome of what off-ball linebackers look like like there was just I felt like there was a lot of them that were out there that were for the taken later on like there was Chad Muma was out there um who else Nick Benito I don't know where he went uh Channing Tindall as well um is Benito off-ball though uh I th- <sighs> He kind of plays like this hybrid role. He basically played like a ton of spy, uh, which is why there was a lot of talk of him coming to the AFC North to spy a guy like, you know, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, now Kenny Pickett. Yeah. And and it's wild. Like Jacksonville got two of the linebackers that I wanted at least one of them in in Seattle because Jacksonville took Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma. Yeah. Right, like they absolutely like cleaned up at, at the linebacker position. Um, they knew what they I wanted, wanted and they go and get it. I wanted Seattle to trade back into the first round to go get Devin Lloyd. Like really, he was sitting there at, at the, well because Jacksonville took him at what was it twenty seven. Um, I wanted Seattle to trade back at go get him. Yeah, like, absolute stud, like sideline to sideline linebacker. Go get that guy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, ob- obviously that's something that Seattle is comfortable with who they have in Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton. Uh, Bren- ben Burke uh, Curvin is coming back from injury. So, obviously, they're they're happy with who they have in-house, um, but I feel like that's probably going to be a position that Seattle is targeting next year is an off-ball linebacker. Yeah. Again, kind of shocking to me with how many, you know, readily available ones were kind of just there for the taking. Um, my biggest storyline is what I mentioned earlier. No... Uh, wide receiver taken by the Ravens. I think everybody was shocked. Um, not that receiver was like a, a position of need going into it, but obviously round one, they trade uh, Marquise Brown to the Arizona Cardinals to get back into the first round. Um, you lost one of your top two wide receivers. So it was like, oh, 
they're for sure going to get one. And they didn't pick up a single wide receiver. And they also did this thing that they really like to do. Um, They really like to double dip on positions and especially tight ends. So they had six picks in the uh, fourth round. And that was, I think, like a draft record or something like that. The most picks in one round. Uh, So at pick 128, they took Charlie Kolar out of Iowa State. And then they came back. You know, it was one of those picks where it's like, well, we have uh, Mark Andrews. We have Nick Boyle. um, They have uh, Josh Oliver. Tight end was like the furthest thing on my radar for something that we needed. And so they picked Charlie Kolar. And I was like, all right. That was my first like wasn't really feeling it pick, but I understand like they put a a premium on tight ends. Um, They like having that third one there. Uh, They then pick a punter two picks later. I'm starting to get a little confused. Like what the hell's going on here? (laughs) We just had six amazing picks. Uh, And then nine picks later, they pick tight end Isaiah likely out of coastal Carolina. And I was like, okay, like I'm officially shocked that we have not picked a wide receiver yet. Uh, and we just double dipped on tight ends. Uh, I, th- I I still think there was, you know, some wide receivers available there. I would have liked to see uh, a cornerback. Our corner room is a little thin uh, still right now. Um, you know, my I'm not going to reveal it yet, but my my one that got away was a person that was still there when these guys were getting picked. So it, it, it that shocked me a lot um, going forward. Who, Chris, is your one that got away? Your one person in the draft where you were like, yeah, let's go get that guy. They didn't get them, and another team maybe leapfrogged you or just got picked somewhere close before you, and you're like, oh. Um, really quick while I pull that up here, because I, I, I know who that Do you want guy me to go first? Is. No, no. Oh, um, okay. I just want to say, like, it was really cool how Isaiah Likely tweeted, and I, I, I saw you retweet it being like, I just realized I'm going to be in Madden. Yeah. Like, that, that, that <clears throat> has to be just super cool feeling for all these kids being drafted. I think we forget that these are kids like we once were probably playing Madden. It's like a pipe dream of theirs. They love football. They play football all the time, but like it's so hard to actually get into the show and then they get in and it's like, Oh sweet. I'm drafted. And then a couple days goes by or a day goes by and they're like, Holy crap. I'm going to be a player in Madden. Like I can, you, I don't even have to create my player. I might create them because they're probably going to give me a worse rating than what I think I'm worth. But like my, my character is going to be in there. And I thought that was a really cool moment for him. Yeah. Um, for me, it's Darian Beavers. Um, <laughs> you just can't I, go it over him. <laughs> no, I, I, I mentioned him earlier. Um, seemed fall to pick one eighty six. Um, I, I, I just, I, I don't understand it. Um, Sixth round. I, I feel like he, he's a guy that could have come into Seattle and potentially balled out in camp. And then it's like, you know, I, I don't want to say potential starter in, in the sixth round, but like you never know. Right. Um, and, and to see Seattle have two seventh round picks, 
that they spent on wide receivers, which is also a bit surprising to me. I, I don't quite understand that mentality. Um, I just don't understand why they didn't use those two seven, seventh round picks to trade up and go get, get a guy like Darian Beavers. I also would have re- really liked to see a guy like Donovan West uh, in Seattle, center out of Arizona State. Um, maybe a guy that's not ready to start right away, but could have taken a year or two behind Austin Blythe to learn the position, like, you know, like fine tune his skills and become that starting center of the future. Um, so those are definitely two guys that are kind of the, you know, ones that got away for me, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I had mentioned my person that got away. Um, I thought this was an easy fourth round pick, especially when you had six of them. Um, you know, take a flyer, even it was a position of need going to cornerbacks again. Um, Zion McCollum out of Sam Houston state falls to pick 157 in the fifth round. Um, there was a need there. He, he was a guy that I had going in like the third or fourth round. So when you, when you see those guys continue to fall, you're like, huh, like there's a chance we could get him. He's a big corner, 6'2", 199, big arms, um, you know, kind of plays that like big ball game. He's a ball hawk guy. Like, you know, the Ravens weren't the best in turning the ball over last year. So I was like, we need some of these guys that like have traits who are, you know, want to go get the ball. That's why I'm excited for Kyle Hamilton. Um, but in the fifth round and you double dipped on tight ends and a punter, um, that's definitely one that got away. And then I went with a, uh, undrafted free agent who, uh, you know, I had him going somewhere in the fifth, sixth round. We took, uh, Tyler Beatty, out of Missouri, um, who, who's going to be a good running back for us. He's going to be in that running back three role. Um, but again, our cornerback room is so thin right now. Last year, we were playing with like everybody's scraps from their practice roster and teams just torched us like Cincinnati threw for like 50,000 yards on us every time they came out. <laughs> so I was like, this is an obvious pick. Josh Job. Joby, however you want to say it, um, out of Alabama, did not get drafted. And I'm thinking to myself, like, just spending a sixth round pick on him or, you know, trading back in the sixth round to get a seventh and you would have gotten this guy um, to make sure that he didn't, you know, make other phone calls because, you know, you have to make those phone calls to get them to come in and they can always say, like, no, we really like the Ravens, but since you didn't pick us, I don't want to go there. Like, you clearly don't value me. Whereas some of these other teams, like, maybe you didn't have conversations with them. So, you know, two corners that I thought were a good fit for the Ravens, who I really wanted to see there, um, all for nothing. They did not get those guys. You know, I still am happy with them getting Jalen Armour Davis, um, he, he's basically what Anthony Averett is easy kind of replacement there. Uh, they picked, uh, uh, Demarion Williams from Houston who projects like a, a, a slot nickel kind of guy, which is nice. Cause we lost Tavon young. Um, but again, 
such a position of need. I would have liked to see one more dip there. Uh, so Zion was my guy. Um, we got one last thing. We've been talking a lot about our teams, but I wanted to give some shout outs to other teams in the draft. There are, you know, 30 other teams that drafted players, Chris. So if you had to pick one other winner, I'm going to give you the first crack and just hope you don't take my team. <laughs> Who was your win? I've, I've, I've got, I've got five different ones here, so it's okay if you take my guy, which is funny. Cause I, I, I want to turn it around Sorry, on you and be like, well, who's your guy? Cause I don't want, like, <laughs> I have really two teams that, that I'm kind of like, Okay, you, you give me your you give me your two teams. I've got six teams that I think had a ridiculously good draft, so I'll be okay. Um, first team is the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, killed it. Yeah, um, trading for AJ Brown first of all. Yes, and then extending them to a four-year, hundred million dollar deal. Um, like no no brainer. Yeah. Um, which and it was uh, only a first round pick. You know what? Like, right? I, I think we forget that like draft picks—they're sexy, they're good, young attainable contracts. Uh, you know, younger players—they're lottery tickets essentially. You're hoping that the guy you pick pans out to be a pro, and it's not like you know a Justin Blackman. Remember way way back when? Yeah. Uh, the Jaguars—I think they picked him fourth or eighth like in the he top was super 10 super high he was a top 10 pick for top sure. 10 pick you know he was everything they wanted him to be out of i think it was oklahoma state you know big rangy outside receiver didn't pan out you know what you get in aj brown you know yeah. what you got in him and like uh, uh, apparently the contract negotiations between aj and tennessee it was like aj wanted 22 million a year from tennessee and Tennessee offered him 16. He's like, nope. Oh, I'm, wow. See ya. Right? Wow. And I was getting 25 mil a year from Philly, which is a no brainer. Like, and like, I'm sorry, but you had, you had Ryan Tannehill. I who did they, who did they end up to? Oh, they, they took Malik Willis. They took Malik, they took Malik yeah. Willis, but like you had an old Ryan Tannehill throwing you the ball. I know it's not like that big of an upgrade. Maybe it's not an upgrade, um, going to Philly, but he's going to be paired opposite Devontae Smith, and that's going to be a fun duo to watch for sure. And like AJ Brown is a safety blanket. Yeah. Anytime that the Titans were in trouble, it was thrown up to AJ. He'll he'll go get it. Yeah, he can play under. And he can play outside. Like he can take the top yeah. off the of defense. I I love DK Metcalf, but I would rank AJ Brown slightly ahead of DK. I would too. Yeah. Yeah. And like that, like AJ Brown is just like he and it, it could be systems, but AJ Brown is that dude. Yeah. Like he, for sure. Right. Um, but then for the Eagles to go out and get Jordan Davis, 13th overall. Cam Jurgens, center from Nebraska, 51st overall. Beef Jurgens. Right? Like big time, like ready to play center. Like I, I think Kelsey um is coming back to th this year. So Jurgens, you know, Jurgens has a, a year or two probably to learn behind. He'll just slot into um, guard for now until Kelsey's right? ready to go away. 
Yeah, exactly. He's too and busy making to get, his own line of beef jerky anyways, where he's just like, yeah, I've got football, but I've got my beef jerky too. <laughs> and, and and then they got Nicobe Dean. So Crazy. Um, the Eagles absolutely killed it. Uh, yeah. The other team I'm, I'm giving a shout out to, uh, we talked about this a lot in private, the New York Jets. Yep. Killed it. Killed it. Like, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, Brees Hall. like Even Max Mitchell in the fourth round. That's a guy that, um, you know, we picked up Daniel Falele, who I, I had a little higher than Max Mitchell. But Max Mitchell is a very good uh, tackle prospect who you can slot in at guard right away. I thought, you know, up and down the draft board. Like, if you're going to have three first-round picks or two and you trade back in because Jermaine Johnson fell so friggin' far hit on all of them. And they hit on all of them. Like those yeah. are three impact players. And then, yeah, in the second round getting, you know, a, a guy like Brees Hall, the best running back in the draft. I think anyways, um, second best after Kenneth Walker, the third, that's right. Uh, <laughs> after Tyler Beatty as well. Yeah. I saw a funny tweet um, today that was like, all the, all the girls in Baltimore are going to want to get Beatty jerseys. Cause they're thinking it's baddie on there. <laughs> and I'm sure he would be okay with you purchasing his Jersey thinking it said baddie on it. <laughs> so good. Uh, uh, okay. but yeah, Eagles and, and the jets, I feel like had, um, top tier weekend um those two teams absolutely killed it yeah okay i'm gonna give you my other four i'll just kind of rip through them a little quickly you can stop me here um the green bay packers um picking up the two georgia uh front seven guys in quay walker Devontae Wyatt was huge getting aaron Rodgers a target and christian watson who's a very good wide receiver um in the fourth round romeo i think it's pronounced dubes uh, I wanted the Ravens to kind of take a shot on the Packers picked him a little before uh, they picked up a, a he it says he's a guard he probably projects to be a guard Zach Tom uh, good prospect Rashid Walker in the seventh round Rashid Walker tackle uh, good pick Kingsley in in uh, you know just a, a lot of a lot of value picks later on which I, I really like um the buffalo bills i don't think enough people are talking about them as a contender if it wasn't for a coin flip they might have been in the super bowl uh so what do they do they go pair tredavious white with kair elam who is a big nasty outside physical corner um i had them picking Brees hall in the first round they they knew what i was talking about because they came back in the second round and grabbed james cook who, you know, don't think of him as uh, his brother, but he's got some home run hitting power. Um, And then they grabbed a wide receiver, Khalil Shakir, that I thought was kind of like, he just popped off the tape, like made ridiculous catches. Um, I just thought they got a lot better really quietly. Um, The Texans. We made a lot of fun of the Houston Texans. In our last week's episode, because the draft needs, when you go to pro football, focus, mock draft, the needs said all. 
And I was like, okay, that's because you guys suck. But guess what? They picked up a lot of good players. Derek Stingley, you mentioned, uh, they got Kenyon Green in the first round. Uh, really, really good tackle. Jalen Petrie was kind of like a fringe first rounder safety. A lot of people thought he was a corner because that's what pro football focus said on there. He's not a corner projects more of a safety. Uh, I had mentioned they, they traded in front of the Ravens to grab John Mechie out of Alabama. Uh, in the third, they went back to Alabama and grabbed Christian Harris. Who's a really good running back or linebacker. Uh, and then in the fourth round, Damian Pierce uh, is a really quality running back from Florida and they need a running back like you wouldn't believe. Um, so a team with wait, a wait, lot of wait, holes. Wait, 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 wait. David, jo- David Johnson is not the answer. Oh, he still plays there. I thought it was only <laughs> Rex Burkhead now. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Rex Burkhead's not the answer. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah. My, 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 my question stands. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. stands. Uh, and then the last team that I thought got a lot better and it really sucks because I was kind of hoping for their demise was the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they picked up Trent McDuffie at pick 21, who a lot of people had in the top 15. Amazing yeah. value. Uh, they had their other first round pick uh, in George Karloftis, which again, another guy that could have went in the top 20 kind of range. Uh, two really good players on that defense that's going to make it really good. Uh, they also added Brian Cook, safety out of Cincinnati, part of that really good Wildcats uh, defense we were just talking about, Brian Cook. Uh, and then they added Leo Chanel from Wisconsin, linebacker, which I also mentioned. So that's four kind of impact players that I could see all of them starting uh, for this team next year. They also grabbed Sky Moore, who is kind of... Nobody's a, a Tyreek Hill clone, but he's kind of that shifty, speedy, uh, really, really good wide receiver. Um, I had mentioned last week on our pod, I wouldn't be surprised if he went early too, uh, and he did. And they also picked up a tackle, Darian Kennard, that might not seem like a really good pick, but they got him in the fifth round, um, and they still don't have Orlando Brown Jr. signed to a long-term deal. Uh, which is why they had to get rid of Tyreek Hill in the first place. So they need contingency plans, and that was just a smart pick. So uh, if you're a fan of those teams, shout out to you guys. We thought you did a great job drafting this weekend. <laughs> that was a bit of a tongue twister. Um, we're we're over the hour marker here, Chris. Uh, that was a fun one. You know I love chatting the draft. Probably going to be talking draft. 2023 now of course um do you have any last words or ending messages no like like i said i'm excited for training camp to start otas rookie mini camps like i just want to see these guys getting pads i i want to see guys getting physical and like let's get physical physical um let's 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 get it going right like like you said like let's get physical right like let's go like i'm ready like i want so hard to wait now yeah like i want to see these guys in camp ready to go like battling for their spot like i that that's what i'm ready for now like i'm super i mean of course 
everyone in you know Seahawks fandom is like, well, what about quarterback? Well, you know what? They have Drew Locke and they have Geno Smith there. <laughs> I mean, obviously Baker Mayfield is still a contingency plan, um, but Seattle's not trading for him unless Baker's released outright. Yeah. There's no way Seattle's trading. <clears throat> excuse me, trading for that eighteen million dollar contract. So let's just let's, let's get in, into camp. Let's see these guys in pads, um, which I don't think really happens until July. But yeah. I'm excited. Um, I can't wait to see it. Hell yeah. Last words for you and your Ravens? Uh, same thing. I mean, I, I'm excited to see how they slot in. I love watching the camp battles. I, um, I, I've been looking at the undrafted free agents. Um, the Ravens have, uh, this ridiculous streak of one undrafted free agent, rookie free agent makes the team every single year, makes their 53 man roster, um, I can't remember how many straight years it is, but it's something ridiculous, like 15 to 20 straight years. So um, there's just a lot of things to talk about. But so now you're there's a chance. so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just one of those things where the these become the dog days of of the summer early on for me because all of the excitement is kind of gone i mean there is kind of like that next wave of free agency now that teams have um made their selections they've got to start shoring up some holes so i i mean the ravens i think they have five undrafted free agents signed already uh for wide receivers i would be shocked if they don't go out and get a a vet free agent wide receiver specifically one that maybe can kind of stretch the field in that Marquise Brown role. Uh, but yeah, just like you, I'm excited to see how these guys fit in and, and, and see them play ball on the team and in, in the schemes and, and did we make the right choices? Uh, is David Ajabo ahead of schedule? Like there's so many storylines. Um, we just have to wait months for them. Last words before we sign off. I always give you them. <laughs> um, as always, guys, give us a follow on Twitter at ballhawks underscore pod. You can find me over there at Phillips Chris 12. Don't forget Steve at SS Fisher 87. We are a proud member of the Dean Blundell Network. And as always, guys, go Hawks. Peace. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. 
Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.